Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Monisa, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 57 and 58 of The Blood of Olympus, and we are officially wrapping up our Heroes of Olympus read through. We made it. We've made it through. It felt very long and also super fast. I feel like we just finished PJO. Like, I feel like we just recorded that episode. And yeah. now we're like, it's like a year later. <laughs> what is time? I don't know. I don't know. What is it? And whenever we started this pot, it'll almost be like two years. Our podcast will turn two years old. The terrible oh twos. Oh my god, the terrible twos. <laughs> Starting the trials of Apollo, terrible yeah, twos. Yeah, like a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's been super fun, and um, I don't think I would have picked up these books, specifically this series, if mm-hmm. we hadn't done this. I think I would have done my, like, bi-yearly read-through PJO at some oh, yeah. point. Or the other, if I was stuck at, like, my parents' house or, like, you know, doing something where when I'm sick or something, I tend to read children's books because it doesn't require too much brain power and it's mm-hmm. comforting. Mm-hmm. But this one I would not have picked up again. No. I would have, like, probably read the end of Mark of Athena. You know, like, certain <laughs> yeah. scenes. I would have been, like, mm, I just need, like, that little scene of Persephone. Mm-hmm. But I would not have picked up the whole series no and analyzed it <laughs> oh well that too i would have skipped through so many parts of the book and like not remembered yeah. half of it too well then you would have missed murdering frank murdering cows um oh god the very i definitely scenes. did jason deciding that. he's greek oh yeah <laughs> for the Him third getting time. glasses yeah yeah that's that was important Piper's many stories that her dad conveniently told mm. her about her grandpa <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All really, really, like, um, important Mm -hmm. storylines. Vital to the plot. (laughs) Vital to the plot. But I would have also, I don't think I remembered Nico's relationship. It's like a great refresher, especially going into, and Reyna, going into Trials of Apollo. I think it was a great way to just kind of set the scene. Also, I wouldn't have remembered why Apollo was in trouble in the first place. (laughs) I'm like, what did he do? Why, why are Who's Octavian? <laughs> <laughs> well, to summarize the last two chapters that we're going to get to talk about, uh, we get a final wrap-up with Piper's going to be back at camp and Leo's going to be on his way to get his girl. What? I thought Leo was dead. Mm, surprise! Whoa, plot twist! <laughs> All right, let's finish this. Last Piper chapter ever. Chapter 57. So Piper is glad to be back with her friends at camp, but of course she's missing Leo deeply. The morning the Romans are scheduled to leave finds her sitting at the docks trying to placate the naiads with Charmspeak, which is apparently something she just does when she's at, she's just like gaslighting them into (laughs) being quiet. Um, And Reyna walks up to find her for a chat. Piper looks at Rada and sees someone so powerful and strong and thinks about how while they are so different, they also have some things in common, like how they both wish not to attract attention for all the like things that they've done, um, and they're both just wanting some solitude at the lake, or maybe some company in their solitude. Piper tells Reyna that she's always welcome at Camp Half-Blood if she ever needs to get away from Camp Jupiter and all her responsibilities. And Reyna, before leaving, decides to ask Piper for some advice as a child of Aphrodite. Reyna says that in Charleston once, and I was like, wow, Aphrodite, like, really loves the antebellum (laughs) south there. She really likes that era. It's just where she hangs out, I guess. I guess. Um, I guess that's romance to Rick. He read Gone with the Wind once, didn't see the problems in it, and was like, this is love. (laughs) So... In Charleston, Aphrodite slash Venus told Reyna something. She said, You will not find love where you wish or where you hope. No demigod shall heal your heart. And Reyna's like, 
I have basically been thinking about this ever since and struggling. I'm convinced no one will ever love me. And Piper, of course, is immediately like, God, I freaking hate my mom. Like, mm -hmm. she's just so cryptic, so annoying, so embarrassing. And she tells Reyna that, she, well, she has no idea what her mom was talking about. She knows that Reyna is incredible and that Reyna will meet the right person when she's meant to and whatever way that means. And then the two of them shake hands and Reyna heads off. And Piper thinks to herself that Reyna is no longer a rival or even a potential enemy. She's family. Once again, I know we talked about Cute. this last time, like Rick being like, oh, these two women are jealous over this one man. They're actually going to become friends in the end. They're actually going to become closer than and have more chemistry than the men <laughs> that they're <laughs> dating. Yes, exactly. It's the, what did, you made up that sh pipe of Reyna? Pipe? Pipe. What would they ship in? Oh. Piper Reyna? Pipe? 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 Pipna. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a um like or a Greek ripe, monster. Riper. Riper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not into that. <laughs> Anyways, after Piper gets her moment with Reyna, it's time for her obligatory moment with Jason <laughs> to be like, remember, she has a boyfriend. So mm -hmm. in the evening, Piper can't sleep because you know she's just went through a lot of trauma. Jason taps on the window outside her bunk to get her to join him outside. He takes her to cabin one, the empty Zeus cabin. I'm like, Jason, this is scandalous. Mm -hmm. But then he shows her a ladder in the back that leads to the roof of the cabin. On the roof, they kiss, and this kiss feels different to Piper. It feels just like the fake memory Hera had implanted in her head with Jason, their first kiss yeah. under the stars, and it's made real now. They're Aww. manifesting it. <laughs> and then they tell each other that they love each other, which I was like, you know, that kiss was cute. Everyone knows we're not fans of Piper and Jason. <laughs> but like saying they love each other, I still am like, you guys barely know each other, which is yeah. partly because like the way these books are written, we get so little of we just get these little snapshots of their relationship. But it's more believable with Percy and Abeth because we have like the whole backstory. Also, they go into Tartarus together and they're just more compatible well, to be fair, too, um, I was swooning, but Leo told Calypso he loved her after maybe eight days on an island <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's like, she's Rick the one. just like, teens in love. That's the theme of this book. <laughs> to be fair, I, I mean, I don't, I don't blame, blame the teens. That's very teen yeah. behavior. It's a very teen behavior, yeah. So then Jason and Piper talk about Leo together on the roof. Leo just kind of like ruins their little romantic mm -hmm. moment. He's like, his Typical. memory, even in, in Ghost, he pops up and is like, hey guys. And they talk about how even though Nico said that he's dead, they both want to believe that he's out there somewhere and that Leo just couldn't die that easily. They laugh and tell stories about Leo into the night. And then the chapter ends. And my only note I already talked about was just that I love Piper and Raina bonding. They have more chemistry than Piper and Jason. That is all. I'm not going to lie, though. I do like Jason and Piper's relationship a lot better in this last book because it's felt I do a lot too. more sturdy. It's yeah. felt less of like, does he love me? Yes. I don't know. And more about Piper building relationship with other women and herself mm -hmm. and her mom and Jason trying to figure out himself. And therefore, their relationship is just like solid but comfortable the way yeah. that you like about Persebeth. So it was nice to read. Better to read. Yeah. I agree. They didn't annoy me as much in this one as they did in all of the other ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, when Raina's talking about how Aphrodite is like, you're never going to find love. Not actually. She doesn't say that in that way. She's just like, it's not how you're going to have, how it's going to happen. So Raina's 100% going to get a girlfriend. I 100% believe this. Try your Apollo. bet. That's okay. my bet. That's your official bet. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, so I was definitely like pushing her in the wrong direction. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As an auntie, I should have known better. Um, she says, no demigod shall heal your heart. That's just self-love. She's like, you gotta love yourself before yeah, you love that's others. True. Yeah, I like how Piper um, in response to that is like, well, maybe it's immortal. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I just like I related to that scene a lot because I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember this. When we were 16, we okay. went to a 
um, palm reader oh my for God, our friend's yeah. birthday. I think we've talked about it on the show before, too. Yeah, because the palm reader told us we had a creative connection. We did. Isn't that crazy? Well, but the palm reader told me a whole ass thing about my career, about my future, all this stuff. And I was 16. And I was like, will I get a boyfriend? Of course. Yeah. And the palm reader looked at me and goes, oh, um, I didn't see anything, <sighs> but maybe I didn't look hard enough. Mm-hmm. And then like did this whole thing all over again. And, and then created like, a new, a new prediction. Something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was worse than if you had just told me that I wasn't going to date anybody. <laughs> 16 year old me was heartbroken. And was so that Aphrodite like, you met with? I did. And she was Aphrodite. Being, it was active bullying. That's what it yeah, was. That's Aphrodite. It's Aphrodite. Yeah. So well, that palm reader thought I had a bunch of brothers, and I was like, I have one sister. So Crazy. take that with a grain of salt. Well, yeah, so I related that to Reina, but honestly, hers could be taken and interpreted a lot better, but I could totally understand if she was probably, what, at most 14, maybe 13, when Aphrodite said this, that would break my heart. Like, I'd be so sad. And she was there, I think she was there with Jason, maybe not, but I'm just assuming because they always did their little, like, Praetor missions together. Yeah. And, like, imagine being there with the person that you have a crush on and (laughs) the god of love is, like... You're actually never going to find love. Oh. Oh, and then in the process of that after, like, having that haunt you, the guy you have a crush on gets a new girlfriend, and the guy, the second guy you have a crush on has a girlfriend that he's just remembered and forgotten about now. And also the girlfriend is the child of that mean lady who predicted (laughs) that you'll never find love. And then the second girlfriend is, like, the child of the goddess of wisdom. So how are you supposed to compete with that? <laughs> Man, poor Reina. This is why this is why I feel so motivated. I feel like how Rick should have felt motivated to set her up with somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm. Um wow, last Piper scene chapter. I know, it's wild. How did it feel? Um, fine. <laughs> I feel like it was a good ending, honestly. Like, it was a good ending to her arc because she has, like, no hard feelings toward Reyna. Like, all of her insecurity of her relationship with Jason feels gone. Like, she has this moment with Reyna. She doesn't even think of Jason and, like, the jealousy she'd felt before. And then she has a moment with Jason where, like, she doesn't once bring up, does he like me? Is this going to work? Like, she just feels very secure, And not in the sense, like, she's not like, we're going to get married and be together forever. She's just, like, comfortable in that moment with him and with her friends. And so that's really nice. I like that for her. Yeah. Yeah. Her development was slow and it felt a Mm -hmm. little bit painful, but we got there eventually. Yeah. I think she makes a big jump in this book, like, Piper's development. The first four books, honestly, were kind of annoying with her. But in this last book, she did, she had a lot more, like badass moments more bonding with other characters that weren't jason yeah it's nice yeah mm-hmm. well let's put piper to rest and move on to her final chapter Are we killing of the book. Her? she's she's dead and gone bye piper <laughs> to our at last leo chapter which mm-hmm. is surprising because he's supposed to have dead have dead what? he's supposed to be dead all right so Leo is dead, but somehow if he's in so much pain, he starts to panic, thinking that he's actually now gone to hell. This is the afterlife, and this is going to be the rest of his existence for the all of time. But suddenly his brain restarts, and he gasps with life, and he sits up. He realizes that he's still in the air on Festus's back, and his arm hurts a lot. He looks down, he sees a large needle containing the physician's cure was administered by the dragon into Leo's arm. Basically, it sprung up from Festus's back and just <laughs> made it to Leo's arm after he died. Festus is full of holes, but there's no immediate threat of crashing. Leo knows he has to set the metal dragon down somewhere, but is unsure where they even are. He opens Festus to determine happily that their navigation system is completely messed up. It has no idea where they are, and it's very confused. 
Leo is delighted because he knows what that means. As they descend below the clouds, Leo sees a small green island in the middle of the ocean. It's Ogigia. Festus lands poorly, catapulting Leo and his disintegrated clothes heads first into the sand and at the feet of Calypso. Calypso talks over a fallen over Leo that he's late and then helps him up. And as usual, while he's making some jokes, she kisses him. And so he declares like this is the last part of the prophecy, oath to keep with a final breath. And it was made. He made he made the oath. He kept it. And he's somehow still alive. He had a final breath and then he got some lives back. <laughs> Very convenient, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out Calypso is already packed and ready to go with no plans on ever returning. She asks Leo where he plans to take her and he says first he has to get Festus fixed, but ultimately he has no plan. Calypso is really happy with that answer, so with her holding on to him, Leo gets Festus back into the air and they leave Ogigia forever. Um, my two notes are, the first one, I think it's hilarious that Leo is like, huh, I wonder if my friends made it out. Like, I'm pretty sure we kill Gaia. But, like, there's a chance they're all dead. But, you know, gotta get my girl. <laughs> He's like, but, well, I did what I was meant to. Yeah, I think he did the prophecy. He's also unsure that um, how much time has passed because time moves differently around the island. So it's, he's like... There's a moment when they have a conversation where he realizes it could have been a full 50 years later and Piper and Jason have like buried him and mourned him and like had children and moved on. But he's They're all named Leo. (laughs) Yeah, they're all going to be named Leo. And he's like, well, you know what? I'll just like talk to them when I see them. Like, what else can I do? (laughs) He's like, also look how hot my girlfriend is. Like a literal goddess. Like (laughs) eat your heart out, Jason. (laughs) I do think this is an excellent ending, though. Um, mm-hmm. I really love mm-hmm. that this is how he wrapped it up. Just, like, sprinkle a little bit of happiness, wrapped all of the strings together, and also a little bit of intrigue because we don't really know how everyone's going to handle him coming home with a girlfriend yeah. or anything like that. But it's, like, it's nice. Yeah, I also like it that it finally resolves that, like, Calypso being stuck on the island, that was that problem that was introduced to us in pjo and like was never resolved i like that it finally brings that back and it's like she is finally leaving the island yeah it's nice all of it is wrapped up nicely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also it's like it makes my heart happy because leo's been thirsty since we met him and <laughs> <True>. so <laughs> it's kind of nice that he gets the ending that he deserves especially because he grew a lot after he got laid so you know mm-hmm. It really helped him along. You know? It really did. Centered is Calypso him, his him. manic pixie dream girl? She is, by definition. Oh. Mm, unfortunate. <sighs> yeah, well, she doesn't have, like, pink hair, though, so... No, that's the only thing. She has to dye her hair before she can really take on that role. I mean, she's about to have a lot of um, experiences for the first time getting off yeah. an island that was designed about 2,000 years ago. She's probably going to go through, like, a box dyer hair phase. Oh, for sure. She's going to have red hair and then pink hair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Good for her. Excited for her, yeah. 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 She's going to discover the internet. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now I feel like we have a lot of, like, random, like, finale things to do. Um, Mm. But we have some lightning bolt questions that are like some leftover ones that have been sent in for this book. And then also one that I just thought of. I'll do that one first, actually, because I feel like it's okay. relevant. Should I know this is a debate online. Should Leo have died? Like actually I didn't died. know it was a debate. Um, mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. Because simply because I hate when characters have like struggled the entire mm. time and then die at the end. I think that's yeah. always really unsatisfying. And it also is like a message, especially as a kid's book to kids being like the only escape is death, which I always hate. Whereas um, because if he hadn't been so girl obsessed and he had been just kind of like this beacon and really cute and then he had died saving his friends, I think that would have made it 
then that would have been fine. But because his whole thing is he fears of being the extra one. He knows since mm-hmm. the beginning that he's the spare. He knows since the beginning that he feels like no one will miss him when he dies. I feel like then having him die would have been really, really shitty. So I don't think so. Yeah. I have. I feel like I go back and forth on this one because it's. it feels like a cop-out, like, narratively as a as a writer for Rick to just be like, psych, he's alive. But also Mm -hmm. it would kind of suck for like Leo to be the one that died when he was the one that wasn't, I mean, he did get a girlfriend, but he was like the, the, the seventh one out of the seven, everyone else was all coupled up and he was just like there. Like, that's really sad if he's the one to die too. And I do like what you, that's a good point about not liking when characters die, just not liking when characters like suffer a bunch and just to die. I didn't think about that with Leo, but that's like, I hate that trope, but probably I hate it when it happens to women, to men. I'm like, whoops, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I feel like I go back and forth. I do have, when we get to trials of Apollo, there's a character I think should have died that I'm excited to talk about because it's okay. Is it Apollo? (laughs) No, no. Okay. It's like, but I don't want to say because then you'll know they don't die. Also, yeah, like, really kills people besides Beckendorf. <laughs> yeah, apparently, and uh, Bianca. That's true. That was a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm interested to see what people say if I put out just like a poll of yes or no, how people fall on that. Um, and then Anne sent us on Instagram a while ago. What myth in Heroes of Olympus is the coolest? Oh. Which right? Which they didn't do a lot of myths, like, super specifically, I feel, compared to PJO was just, like, every other chapter was, like, a, like a mythological story. And there were a lot of a myths. Lot more. There were a lot of myths in The Lost Hero. Yeah, that's Like, true. they had like, Midas and Medea and, like, the Boreads. They did a lot in that one. But the rest didn't I do have think as many. Medea's story is really interesting because it's very mm-hmm. much of like the Medea complex and just, you know, supporting women's wrongs and all of that fun stuff where it's a story <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't love her character in the actual book. Yeah. It's yeah. just like kind of like a chapter of like throwaway character even with Midas like a very interesting story very boring in well I mean lost hero in general but you know Mm -hmm. my answer is Gale (laughs) (laughs) the sex weasel the sex weasel I will always remember Gale I will (laughs) not that she was in these books but the real Gale the witch icon just the lewd, weirdo woman, gross, yeah. weirdo, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think all of Tartars, like, Knight, that was super mm, cool. And all of true. the, what are they called? The, the, little, the, the vengeful little monsters. The curses? Yeah, the curses. The, like, that Ari, is really cool. Ari, yeah. Aria? Yeah. Something like that. Aria, Aria, whatever. Those I know really there's cool. people who are, like... You know the people who, like, read things and remember it perfectly? I know they listen to this and they want to bang <laughs> their head every time we say something wrong or we say the wrong monster, so. But if they bang their heads, then they lose brain cells and they can be on our level, so. There we go. You're also, welcome. like, I mean, our reading comprehension, you know what I mean? It's not the yeah. best, but we do what we, what we, what we can. <laughs> With what God gave us. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very little. <laughs> I think all of Tartarus, honestly. Those yes. were all really cool monsters, really cool myths. Forgot so, about them for a second. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I love that you hyperfixated on Gale. Very interesting yeah. sex weasel. Yeah. The icon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Instagram, Briti sent us, if you knew Leo's plan, would you let him do it? Yeah. Is that bad? No. I think I yeah, would too because I wouldn't sure. have. Yeah. I don't have a better idea. No. 
And it's unfortunate. <laughs> like, part of me is like, well, it maybe could be one of us. But if he's the best chance of being fireproof and it has a chance of him getting him to his girl and the prophecy kind of aligns well with what's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but I would have a lot more belief that Leo was alive than yeah. I think the others do. The others are, like, pretty much mourning him. I would be like, yeah, he's alive. Like, he has the physician's cure. And if he doesn't get that administered well, like, that's kind of on him. Like, <laughs> literally give him a chance for immortality, like, to cheat death. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I was, like, had a relationship with Leo, like, because I'm saying this as a person reading the book, like, if he was, like, yeah, my that's friend... True. Or something, maybe I'd feel differently. Depends on how many, you know, how many friendship points we have. (laughs) What level we're on. Yeah, I definitely would want to be a lot more involved. And I think I'd be Mm. very nervous because I'd be like, Hazel actually got, yeah, it wanted to get it administered actually and properly. But Mm -hmm. I think I'd also, if I was close to him and his friend, I would trust that he would get it to work because that's his whole thing is getting machines to work. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's not very hero of us, but no. <laughs> like, we, well, I wouldn't do it. Like, he could. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, sure, dude. You sacrifice yourself. Like, <laughs> oh, are you sure? Oh no, oh, I no, really no. wanted to. <laughs> oh darn. <laughs> darn it. All oh, right. sorry, Leo. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our finale thing. Woo! I feel like we need like celebratory music, Sam. I don't believe we've made it. <laughs> Everybody dance while you're listening. <laughs> or don't. Maybe I don't just... know where you are. If you're in public. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Dance in public. Yeah. Are you Do driving it. a dangerous vehicle? <laughs> dance. Take your hands <laughs> off the wheel. <laughs> it's fine. We said okay. <laughs> so, what are your overall thoughts of Blood of Olympus? Um, Blood of Olympus was better than I remembered. I remember being really, the first time I read it, being really like let down by the end I felt like the book was good and then the end was like so fast and I felt like Leo just taking the cure and coming back to life in just one chapter was a cop-out I felt like killing Gaia was way too easy and I feel like the first time I read that I still have those similar feelings about the end but the first time I read it that just like clouded my whole view of the book but rereading it I actually really liked most of this book I really liked Reina and Nico's storyline especially yeah I think I liked this better than Mark of Athena um I really I think I was in the same boat as you I didn't like it as much when I read it I don't know if I liked it better than House of Hades just because the Tartarus stuff was super interesting Mm -hmm. um but I do like the finally got the relationships dynamics I was looking for I was looking for the seven to bond and because they've always been separated or like getting to know each other like it took two books for them to even know about the other and then Mark of Athena they were all kind of on edge and then House of Hades Percy and Annabeth are in Tartarus so this is the first time all of them are together and we get to actually see them develop relationships and it's nice it was really nice I really loved reading Nico's perspectives and Reina's it's much better than I remembered I think also because we analyzed it so much it helped whereas the first time I just devoured it so fast like if you asked me a question about the book I could not answer Mm -hmm. this way like it settled a little bit more and so I liked it a lot I will say the least favorite part was how quick the ending was it felt really rushed and um the battles it could have been a lot cooler they could have been a lot more creative it felt Mm -hmm. very just he needed to have a battle and he kind of forgot that he had such a formidable opponent that he was like I don't know how to do this and so I just wrapped it up as quickly as possible I feel like that was the problem with this series in the first place was that the villain is mother earth and the giants are allegedly more powerful than the titans and like in pjo it was difficult to fight the titans but in this series i like don't believe that it's difficult because no, they, they the battles so are so fast. quick yeah yeah and the I, giants seem dumber than the titans <laughs> and they really do the titans seemed cool at least yeah they had like cooler vibes these ones just like all wear weird things in their hair. (laughs) 
I also felt like for me, the last Olympian was a whole book about a battle, the Latin battle mm-hmm. of New York, mm-hmm. right? Or and yeah. this felt like it should have been that. Instead, they're still going on their little adventure. Yes. So for mm-hmm. me, the best PJO book for my for my own self was um, the Last Olympian. Whereas mm-hmm. I didn't feel the battle did a lot for this book. It was actually the other stuff that did stuff for this yeah. book. But it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there could have been a lot of scenes in here that could have been taken out in lieu of making the battle more in-depth and seem more complicated. Because Gaia's literally killed once she rises. Like, she doesn't even fight, really. Yeah, she's, like, quite quickly killed, too, mm-hmm. for being Mother Earth. I, mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah, if they had, if he had, I know he wasn't interested and it would have been an extra long book, but if he had done an extra book, like, this was all of their relationship stuff, finally bonding, you yeah. get Nico and Reyna to camp, and then the last book they had just like like PJO where it's just the whole battle the whole time and then mm-hmm. a resolution for the last third of the book. It would have been really powerful, I think. But I think yeah. he was done. I think we were done. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a five book per series kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about the series as a whole. How do we rank so the books? Let's rank them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I did on Instagram, I put out a poll, but like you can only put four options, but I know nobody, like the Lost Hero wasn't going to win. House of mm. Hades won by far, but the other mm. three were all pretty tied, which was surprising to me because I thought that Mark of Athena was like much more of a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. But my own opinion, I think House of Hades is number one now. It's just hard because House of Hades would not be number one if it were not for the Tartarus plot. Because the yeah. plot of the others, like, on land, was really weird. Like, I could, it was hard to follow. They just did a bunch of side quests, it felt like, to fill the time before they got to the House of Hades. Yeah. But yeah, I still think I'd rank that as number one. What's number two? I want your full list before I go in. See, this is where I get really stuck because Mark of Athena has, like, my favorite moments in the series. So, like, when Percy and Annabeth reunite and when they fall into Tartarus, those are my two favorite moments in this whole series. But the middle of the book was weird. I couldn't follow again. I felt like the plot was really scattered until they finally got to Europe and, like, Annabeth had her destination. I still think I'd probably place that as number two. Just because it's such an Annabeth-centric book for the Annabeth parts. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Number five is The Lost Hero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other two I'm having, because I love the Rain and Nico plot in Blood of Olympus, but I honestly really loved Son of Neptune, reading it again. Yeah. Like, I, I actually think Son of Neptune is probably a better book than Mark of Athena. Just, mm-hmm. it doesn't have those standout moments to me. That I'm struggling with putting it above Mark of Athena. But I think it would be number three, and then Blood of Olympus, and then the Jason one. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think number one is Blood of Olympus. Ooh. Because I love an love, ending. I love an ending, and I also love that all the chapters were interesting. That's true. Um, there were very yeah. few chapters where I was just like, no, I don't want to read this anymore. They All the chapters were interesting. Each character developed and grew. And um, I did miss Percy and Annabeth's perspective, but mm-hmm. I think it's very closely tied, like super closely tied with House of Hades just because yeah. the Charter stuff is so cool. I think it's only reason it's above is because all the chapters were interesting. Yeah. Whereas with uh, House of Hades... Percy and Annabeth's chapters are so interesting and then so stupid with um, everyone else. I also really love Nico's perspective and Reina. And yes. I loved the perspective so much in this that I felt like it kind of floated to the top. I also, again, mm-hmm. love an ending. Mm-hmm. Then I would say Son of Neptune is yeah. the third. Because Wait, well, it's also that House of Hades was second. House yeah. of Hades. And then Son of Neptune because I just think that... Um, 
you know, seeing Percy again after missing him for a whole book and seeing how other people see him is really fun for me. Yes. And also uh, watching him piece his memories together. And it's just like a delightful book because you have um, him being himself and also the adventure that they go on is very interesting. It is a bit lower because the way they kill the giant is stupid. <laughs> and it bothered me this time. <laughs> but most, yeah, that is true for most of them. Then it's Marco Athena because mm-hmm. I love that they, like, Annabeth and Percy are reunited, but it feels the, the, the tension of everybody uh, the fact that nobody seems to really get along. Yeah. Percy's really angry. Uh, Piper's really insecure. Jason is weird. Yeah. It's just like unfortunate. It just doesn't feel like it fully gelled yet. Mm-hmm. And then um, also we're missing Nico because he's in a jar the whole time. <laughs> Nico in the jar with his pomegranate <laughs> seeds. Pomegranate oh. seeds. And then obviously Last is the Lost Hero. Yeah. It's quite below there, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that people, at least of our listeners, were very split. And I can feel that. Like, my... Honestly, like, the Lost Hero is the bottom, but the other ones are all, like, very close. Like, there are aspects of one that I like better than the other, you know? And, like, moments from this book that I'm like, oh, but that one. Like, I think Blood of Olympus and Son of Neptune are both, like, better storylines than Mark of Athena, but I still have Mark of Athena's number two because it has just, like, my favorite moments in the whole series, so. Yeah, that's fair. That's just, like, me, like, my personal, it's just my opinion. (laughs) I mean, for me, Blood of Olympus, even though it didn't have Percy and Anna, that's, like, perspectives, their relationship is so solid, and other people watch it. It's so funny, (laughs) like, when... Um, Frank transformed as a dragon is taking Annabeth and Percy in the air. Um, Annabeth is like, yeah, let's go, let's charge. And Percy's screaming, I hate flying. Like, it's so <laughs> comical. Even, like, when they are, people are watching them interact, Annabeth's like, oh, why don't you jump in the water and go meet the sea creature if you want? And Percy's like, no, I won't. I won't do that. She's like, I dare you to do that. Like, they're mm-hmm. very friendly, whereas, like, it was just so intense the whole time before. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I do like seeing them in this book from everyone else's perspective. Yeah, it's cute. Oh, all right. How do we feel about the series? So I think obviously like PJO, I think is better. Like I think that a lot of people in the fandom feel that way because a lot of us like that's the that's the series we read first. It's also a bit more digestible being only one narrator, a more clear plot line, more clear villains, you know? Um, yeah. So I feel like part of how I feel about the series as a whole comes with the problem of constantly comparing it to PJO and it just like does not live up to that in my mind. But when I separate them out, the series was fun. I would say it's more fun. No, I don't think it's more fun than PJO. But I would say, like, my overall feeling is that it was fun. There were things in the plot that I was like, that's odd. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, it was fun. As, like, Percy and Annabeth are in Tartarus. They're like, you're (laughs) calling this fun? Um, Some of the books were fun. Some of them weren't. I think that rereading it, there were a lot of things I appreciated that I didn't appreciate the first time I read it. Yes, exactly. Which I found with PJO as well. And there were more things in this series that I found as things that didn't make sense that I didn't notice (laughs) the first time I read it. Yeah. It's kind of the problem with like reading anything critically is Mm -hmm. you like might love it more after a critical read, but you also might find more things that you're like, huh, that's odd. That's an odd choice. But if I don't compare it to PJO, I'm like, I did like it. I did really like, obviously, because we spent... A year talking about it. Oh my god, don't say that, that's crazy. (laughs) Well, also, the fact that um, I feel like it's one of the few children's books that does a good job growing with its reader. Yes. PJ was definitely targeted towards younger kids to us when we were kiddos, and this book did a good job of coming out when we were, like, in middle school, high school, and 
growing with us in a way that is still respectful. It's like, now we understand you're older. He understands that we, you know, understand different things, but it's also not overly smart where it mm-hmm. starts becoming stupid. Yeah, I agree. And I do love all the characters introduced. I know we complain yeah. about all the like too many narrators, but I do think Rick has introduced some really cool and interesting characters in this series that there's something for everyone, you know? There's a character everyone will identify with or multiple characters. Yeah, yeah and then it's also nice to have opinions on characters and discuss yes. them. So just, yeah, we love them and moving on. It's nice mm-hmm. to have nuance. Oh, we're bringing that mm-hmm. back? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's your feeling about it as a whole? Um, I really like it. I obviously mm-hmm. love PJ more. I think it's also a lot lighter in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, I think that's what I mean by fun. Fun? No, I don't know. I mean, PJ was a lot of like, what does it mean to go against your family and yeah. a lot of stuff like that. Where this one was less about that and more of like we have a bad guy let's go get him kind of Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. um i really liked it i liked all of the characters even the ones i didn't like i felt like (laughs) it added some spice to not just like obsessed it obsessed with everyone in the friend group some people in the friend group don't have as much sparkle and it's okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah i liked it i definitely liked it a lot more during this read through yeah. Uh, I did not like it the first time I read it. I was like, we don't mm-hmm. have to talk about it. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad. I'm also really glad, especially this last book we did a read through, because I did not remember 99% of it. Yeah. And it was better than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Love to see that. Wonderful. So I last, at our last season finale, if you all recall... Um, we did season superlatives where we had people like vote on like the best something something the the MVP of the book on Instagram and I forgot to do that until yesterday. So yesterday I put out <laughs> the questions and people did it. People responded. I think that I'm. Let me see if the poll has closed. Let's see. It close. Okay. Cool. It just, like, it just hit 24 hours. So we're in the clear. We got all of the answers in. We're good to go. So I compiled the answers and, like, figured out which one wins. But I want to hear what we think first are the answers to these prompts. So who would you say is the best villain? Best villain. This could be a tiebreaker because everyone was really over the board. There are, like six that came in with more than one vote and every other like everyone said a different thing so we could be the deciding people <laughs> it's very important the high stakes <laughs> Ooh, that's good i'm adding that to the passive. list yeah i he think zeus should be the best villain i kind of agree yeah. He still maintained his pizzazz. He still maintained the authority of someone who might be important, but while doing nothing. And he also, I don't know, I think he was a really great villain because he's like a secret villain. He's like, Mm -hmm. the villain Freud would have dreamt of. Like, excellent. Yeah. What do you think? Who's your, who's the best villain for you? I mean, I think the one I thought was funniest was Clitus. That one made me laugh the most. Not because yeah, of anything he did. He a lot, yeah. Just because of his name. Yeah. <laughs> I really like your Zeus answer, but this doesn't give us a conclusion because there's so <laughs> many. I'll just tell you what the top. So the top votes are Clitus, Keone, Keone, Brittany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Multiple people wrote in Brittany. Uh, Nike. very important. Nike, which oh. was interesting. I wouldn't really. Huh. Mm-hmm. Orion and Octavian. Ooh, There's clearly okay. no no one said Gaia. Like Gaia's not yeah. a good villain. <laughs> Nobody said Gaia. I would say Octavian then. I feel like he aligns Probably. the best with Zeus and he's another like very good representation of like insult, yeah, bad yeah. white mm-hmm. man who's mm-hmm. just I just don't want to give him an award, you know? Like ugh. 
I know. House. Maybe not best villain. He's the most Stupidest. annoying villain. Most Stupidest. annoying villain. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Clitus could win. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, Clitus. Finally. We found we him. We found and he him. Won. <laughs> I'll read you some of the other because we just got so many. Someone said Coach Hedge. <laughs> Which made me laugh. Yes. <laughs> um, someone said the demigod dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone said the brick that hits Jason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then someone said all the furries in New Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some very specific. A lot of other villains were listed, like Tartarus and Medea and Cupid, and so Cupid was a good one. Interesting. Oh, Cupid. Yeah, Cupid. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to give him best villain either. He's just the most annoying. He's just the most annoying. Exactly. Um, this one I feel like there are too many. I don't know that it does. It's like an award. But what was your favorite Persebeth moment? Oh, one hundred percent the reunion. Mine is 100% falling into Tartarus and yeah. Percy being like, never again. Like, I won't let yeah, go or whatever. True. Yeah, we got, that was a lot. Like, t- Tartarus, the stable scene, um, yeah. all of Tartarus, <laughs> the hug and Mark of Athena when they reunite, the judo flip. Yeah. Someone said, Percy thinking about how hot Annabeth is when they're walking in Tartarus. And I was like, that <laughs> did give me quite a chuckle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's not a top one for that. It's just like Mm-mm. reminiscing. Um, do the MVP last. Who is the biggest himbo? Bob. Bob. That was no one said Bob. I mean, I say no Jason. One said Bob. No one said Jason. Bob for the biggest himbo. Jason won by a landslide. Okay, I think that's respectful. We can make yeah. him a himbo. Yeah. yeah. The other top one. The next one was Percy. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't really himbo-ish. He was more himbo-ish no. than PJ. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, this one I put out last. What was the best couple besides Persebeth? Because I feel like best couple, everyone's just going to say Persebeth. Oh. Interesting. Okay, so controversial. Oh. Again, Leo and Calypso. That but. was actually the, the, like, one of the top, not like the third top answer from people. So Okay, so I'm just actually fighting with myself. I'm you fighting are. an imaginary villain yeah. here. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. But I would also second read around. That was one of my first read around answer. Second read around. I love this blossoming Nico and Will. Yeah, yes. Which I'm sure Same. was one of the top ones. That was the top one by far was Nico and Will. Yeah. You want to know what the second one was? What? Rick and Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kaleo. Some of my favorites that got, like, only one person said, someone said Percy and Polybides, and they were like, you can feel the tension. <laughs> That's good. Um, someone <laughs> said me and the Minotaur. Oh, good for you. Thank you, you so much. <laughs> someone said spider Beth. Parentheses, Annabeth and Arachne. Oh my god. And then someone said, your mom and me. <laughs> my keeps, mom? They keep, lately, I feel like the f- listeners have been trolling us when I put out question <laughs> asks. They'll be like, your podcast for me being like, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? <laughs> or like, listen to this podcast. Wow, guys. <laughs> I love Thank it. you so much. Okay. And who would you say is the the MVP of this whole series? Brittany. (laughs) Same. Same. That's a good one. I was thinking Bob. Because he literally died for it. It's Bob. Yeah. You know who won? Nico. I was gonna say Nico, but didn't we give him MVP last book? I think we did. No, 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 we gave it to Sally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay, Nico was, like, Nico. second. Yeah, like, Nico oh, did do fine. a lot. He did yeah. go to Tartarus by himself. He did. He also shadow traveled until he almost died. He was also stuck mm-hmm. in a jar for, like, a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Nico can have this one. Reyna mm-hmm. came in second, and then Bob. Okay. okay. Leo was also got a few votes. He does also yeah, he die does for this. Die. Yeah. Um, Annabeth got a few. Someone said... You guys. <laughs> oh, 
Someone said small bob, which was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, small, yeah. small bob did great. He did the Lord's work. He was, remember he had to climb up Tartarus's leg, like, small bob. Oh, good job, small. He was big bob by then, but yeah. He was big bob. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all our, um, our awards for this season, per the listener votes. Mm. Good ones. Good ones. So I put out on Instagram as well, like a little question box. People didn't troll us on this one to ask just like what they've, what this podcast has meant to people and what they've enjoyed about it. Because this is like our season finale. As we've mentioned before, we're going to take like a month or so off in between the seasons before starting Travel Apollo. So it's like celebratory. We're celebrating. So I wanted to, like, share some of the messages. We got, like, three audio messages, too, that I can play. Oh, I know. They're all so cute. Oh, okay. This one, this one, we got a longer DM from someone. Couldn't fit it in the question box. So Tesca sent us, I want to let you know what this podcast has meant to me. And they said I can I can share this in their name as well. And they said, I am on the autism spectrum and have an anxiety disorder because of this. Some places can get overwhelming. Definitely when I don't know the place. Because of my anxiety, there have been a few months where I couldn't go outside without someone I knew to keep me grounded. When my therapist and I were talking about ideas to go outside without someone, we decided I would try listening to podcasts. Together with you guys' podcast and some others, I managed to go outside alone, and now I can even go outside without any distraction. Still, I will always put on the podcast in busy places or when I do things I'm scared of, like flying, or when I go to sleep to distract my brain a little and get more relaxed. Something about listening to people who have fun and talk about something I love makes everything better. Thank you. (laughs) So nice. So nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. That one just like made my oh day. Oh my god. Oh man. That was so sweet. I'm so glad that we can keep you company and we make you feel safe. That makes me feel so happy. I know, right? Oh, so good. And then another sweet one we got too from Zoya said, um, I'm 19 and everyone I know thinks PJO is for kids, so it's so nice to hear adults talk about it and keep the fandom alive, which was so, I I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. We're adults. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, honestly, I'm going to just put in here, I've gotten really, really lovely emails. I haven't gotten Mm -hmm. a chance to ask if we can put it on the pod though, so I'm not going to shout them out specifically. But we've gotten some beautiful emails just saying thank you and that they enjoy listening to us and that we make their day. One of them that I thought was so cute was basically saying how they think that we're very lucky that we get to be best friends and be able to talk about something that we both love and nerd out about and that we were so lucky to have each other. And I was like in tears. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, my gosh. I love that you get to listen to us. Yes, and I love one of the common ones we got in the answer box. Like, someone said that, like, it showed me it's okay to be obsessed with nerdy stuff. And I was like, yes, yes. it is. And people said, uh, uh, quite a few other people were like, people at my age talking about these books. I'm like, we're yeah. all out here, us yeah. Percy Jackson adults. And yeah, also the not? youths that are listening to this. Mm-hmm, I also love yeah. you guys. <laughs> It's just, like, so nice. So nice. Should I play the audio messages? Yeah, sure. Hi, Erin. Hi, Monica. My name is Skylar. I'm sorry if I'm being really quiet because I don't want my commander to walk in on me and hear me recording this. But I just want to say thank you so much for, like, having this podcast because I love this series so much. And I think it's really awesome that... Like, I'm an adult, and you guys are adults, and we get to just, like, analyze this children's book a couple of chapters at a time. And that sounds sarcastic, but it's really not meant to be. I genuinely enjoy listening to you guys just talk about this world. 
I have tried reading fantasy books geared towards adults, and everyone is always just so horny in them, and I don't think I can handle that. Um, <laughs> I just can't. But, like, I feel more normal listening to your guys' podcast because when I was younger, I was obsessed with Percy Jackson. I'm no better now, but I was obsessed. And I was like that weird kid who had a notebook full of all the gods and goddesses, their jobs, interrupting teachers just to, like, put my knowledge out there. I had all the prophecies memorized. It was, I was insane. Okay. But thank you guys for just having this, like, girl boss gatekeep moving on. <laughs> I appreciate that, that they didn't lovely. include Gaslight. <laughs> I know. We don't respect Gaslight in this house. It was wonderful. Thank you, Skylar, for your very sweet voice message. I will play this one, too. Yeah, I'm a child of Apollo, and I just wanted to say that I absolutely love your guys' podcast. It makes me, like, giggle in the middle of the night, and, it make, and like I feel like I'm your guys' friends. And, like, I'm having a conversation with you guys. And you just, like, bring happiness to my day. <laughs> so nice. We are friends. We are. I genuinely, like, some of y'all are, like, always reply to the Instagram stories and stuff. And I'm like, I feel like I know you now. I know. We're buddies I know now. nothing about you. I only I know. know, like, your Instagram name, which sometimes isn't even your name. But, you know, I know you now. Okay. And there was one more that we got. That was sent in for this, so I will play that. Hey guys, hope you guys are having a wonderful day. When your podcast comes out on Monday, I re-listen to it twice. My friends and family get annoyed by me talking about it and how much I laugh. But you guys are amazing. When I'm having a sad day, I re-listen to your podcast because I know it will make me smile. You guys also encourage me to make my own podcast when I am older. Hope I can be exactly like you. See ya. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. I love that. I hope your podcast is so much better quality. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sweet. I'm so excited. I'm so glad you're annoying all your family and friends. I know. You're welcome, family and friends. That is exactly what we want. Those are all the audio messages we got sent and we got sent a lot of like, and I know we get a lot of emails too and a lot of nice DMs and stuff. So we just want to say thank you to everyone for being so nice. So nice. I don't know what we did to deserve all this niceness. I know I'm inviting the evil in when I say that. Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much for just making us feel so loved and special on something that we do as a hobby. It makes us feel really good. I'm so glad you all also feel spe- special listening to this or um, seen and included. And it's become like you've become part of that hobby as well, which yeah. is really nice. It's very nice. It's fun to make content for people who are so excited to receive it. And so it makes mm-hmm. it all the more worthwhile. Yeah. And it's so nice because I feel like the more people who like it, the more I'm like, oh, gosh pressure but I appreciate Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone's just been very much like on the same level with us like they're like just (laughs) give us what you got and we will send you long dms about our thoughts that are also Mm -hmm. like just train of thought so yeah well I mean I guess that's a wrap on Heroes of Olympus yeah crazy I'm excited for the next series because it's gonna be brand new to me Mm-hmm. Yes. It'll be interesting. I feel like it's just going to be different. Each each season, each series that we do it comes with a different flavor, different themes. Mm-hmm. Like this one was Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> a lot one of Shrek was SpongeBob. Yeah. The one was SpongeBob and Nuance. <laughs> this one is just Shrek. <laughs> and furries. Else. And furries. Yeah, that yeah. was the theme of this one. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what's next. I mean, like, the shows, I don't know when the show's gonna come out, but, like, we're gonna drop Trials of Apollo when we're doing this, <laughs> like, we're gonna be like, we'll get back to this and do the show, because I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited. It'll be so good to watch, and 
Uh, I'm excited to see how they do it. I'm just excited in general. There's a lot of content for us, which is very exciting. I'm excited Um, to go back to PJO too with the show, like to get to relive that in a different way. Yeah, I'm excited for all like the new fans who are going to join. I think it's going to be so fun for them, especially the young ones who like it's Mm going to shape. I'm really excited to see Greek mythology make um, someone else's change someone else's life when they're 12 and they figure out how to use their library system to look up all the (laughs) history on Greek mythology. It'll be great, Mm -hmm. incredible. Um, So we are taking a break for a little while. I'm out of the country. We need a little bit of time to regroup. Um, Aaron's moving, all kinds of stuff. Yes. But we do have a bonus episode that's going to be coming out in a few weeks. We're not going to leave you completely alone. but we, mm-hmm. um, So keep an eye out for that. But if you want to listen to old episodes or even start Trials of Apollo to get a refresher or start sending us questions for Trials of Apollo, remember if you have a spoiler, you guys have been really great about it, but if you have any spoilers, send them to the Instagram or... Mm-hmm. Um, Write it very big on the email, and I will not read that email. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, I'm excited to for you all to hear our bonus episode. I think it's going to be really good. Keep you all yeah. hanging with that one. Yeah, we have a surprise, and I think you'll mm-hmm. like it. I think so. Um, yeah, and then it'll probably be... I don't think we've, like, sorted out a date. Just like, I, like Monica said, she's going to be out of the country, so... I think once she gets back, we'll start prepping Trials of Apollo. So it'll probably be like by the time episodes come out, probably late January. But yeah. I'll put the exact date once we decide on social media, like what that season three launch mm-hmm. is going to look like. But yeah, I, I know y'all will be patiently waiting and will be kind to us mm-hmm. and not demand the content (laughs) until we are ready (laughs) um as always if you're interested in supporting us you can find us on patreon the link is in the episode description as well as to link a link to send us an audio message you heard the audio messages that got sent in so if you want to be like them send us one yes and you can also find us on social media at camp half pod that's probably where any like updates during our break or any just, I don't know what I'll put on there. And sometimes I just randomly have a question about Percy Jackson and I'm like, what do the people think? So um, <laughs> there will probably be stuff on there. And then you can also email us camphalfpod at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, but you've made it this far somehow, please <laughs> rate and review us if you haven't and make sure to give us five stars. Yeah, I know a lot of you haven't because we have more <laughs> listeners than reviews. So what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks for listening to season two, Heroes of Olympus. We oh, did man. it. See you later.